0: Hey, Leeward CC and community members. It is I, Ulu, the president of Leeward Community College. I want to give you a warm welcome to the Gain Knowledge, Build Relationships Series, hosted by Leeward's very own student government. The purpose of this series is to create a space where Leeward CC and UH system students, as well as community members, and listen to the different talk stories that highlight a wide variety of topics, including campus system updates from administrators, to personal stories from different individuals, as a way to build a safe community and gain information that may be helpful to all different walks of life. We hope you enjoyed this series. In this episode, City Government hosted a talk story with Chancellor Carlos Peñalosa on October 7, 2021, as a way to find out the updates that are happening on campus and possibly system-wide, especially as for the upcoming Spring 2022 semester. Please note that in addition to this episode's updates that were shared, there could always be additional or change updates in the near future. Now, let me pass it on to the main host on CUSG.
1: Good afternoon, Leeward Community College. This is Alex Williamson, your student government president. I am here with the rest of the student government team with Chancellor Carlos Piñalosa. And he is here to talk about a variety of things, including the rollout plan for the vaccination requirements in the next semester. So without further ado, I'm going to give the table to our Chancellor, Carlos Piñalosa. And thank you so much for being here and listening. And thank you so much for your time, Chancellor.
2: Thanks for that, Alex. I'm happy to, again, be part of one of these sessions. I, I love being able to address students and um, you know, connecting in a way in which I can get some questions that I may have answers to or maybe come back with answers at a later time. Um, I've generally had a couple of general updates and then go into a little bit of details and then open it up to questions. And so with that, you know, we're, we're entering the month of October. I think that all of us have been navigating a little bit of what this pandemic has brought about and the changes that are coming about. And so with that, I just wanted to provide a little bit of, um, of, of an update there. Um, the state did go through a major surge that I think scared many of us. Um, you know, we were getting quite a few case counts. Um, and so, but, but the numbers are beginning to, to go back to a, a more manageable number. Uh, we have done quite well for ourselves um, in that we have had a couple of cases on campus, but no, uh, no known um, spread on campus, which is really good. Uh, cases are gonna happen every now and then, but you know, keeping in mind that as long as we're able to mitigate that, that spread, we're doing quite well. Um, as you probably are aware, most of our students are still in online instruction. We do have some face-to-face uh, some of the things that have began opening up have given me a little bit more life and spirit, which has been really difficult during the pandemic. And that is being able to bump into more students on campus, taking advantage of the Pearl, our fine dining room that's now open even to the public. Uh, that's great. Uh, we're beginning to see a little bit more live on campus. And I hope that that's an indication of how you know, the spring uh, will come about. Some of the changes that have been rolling about and or being communicated, as students, you've probably received some communications um, about spring registration. Uh, That's that's really important because as of this semester, as a student, you have the option of going through LumiSite and your vaccination record um, and having access to courses and having access to on-campus resources. Um, for students that have not been vaccinated, the option for students has been uh, taking that weekly test. Um, and so with that, you're able to upload that into Loomisite and again have access to certain resources on campus, but there are some that have been limited um, even further. And so for the spring semester, it's a little bit different. Um, for this fall semester, we, we went with the weekly test as an option because the rollout happened really late into the registration process and actually into the start of the semester. Uh, but for the spring semester, the vaccine is a requirement for students that want to take face-to-face or hybrid courses. And so what's going to happen when registration opens up for the spring semester is that you'll be able to see all of the classes, but unless you have your vaccination record in LumiSide or an exception to the vaccination on record, uh, you will not be able to register for any of the hybrid or face-to-face classes. You will still be able to register into online uh, courses. And so the deadlines are such that, and you know, I may need a little bit of help from Lexor if I uh, miss out on something, but you need to have your second, vac- uh, your second shot plus two weeks to be cleared to register for the semester. Um, and I believe the deadlines are on November 2nd. Um, And so for November 3rd, if you wish to register, all of that needs to have taken effect. Now, as you get your vaccination record or exception cleared, you would be allowed to register into these hybrid or uh, face-to-face classes. But there is that hold if you don't have it cleared by then. As we roll into uh, the spring semester, um, around January 9th is where we do a cutoff, right? And so if you are not cleared, to be on campus, uh, you will not be allowed to register beyond that point for the spring semester. Um, The testing option is not an option. Um, And so it will only be an option to those students that have a medical or religious exception, exemption. And so if you go through that process, the student would still be able to register for these courses, but must be able to show that negative test with the same level of frequency into the semester. Uh, We don't foresee very many students going down this path. It it is, um, you know, a a little bit to manage (laughs) getting that weekly test. But that is an option that is open um, to to students, that religious and and medical exception process. And so, again, just to recap, the difference between where we are today and where we're going to be in the spring is that as of today, whether you're vaccinated or not, you would be able to be on campus and taking classes in the spring only the vaccinated students will be able to take the classes on-site and hybrid courses. Um, Again, once the schedule rolls out, you'll you'll be blocked if you are not cleared through LumiSight in in terms of the records. Um, As of right now, a student that is not vaccinated and tests through our partner clinical labs, we are taking on the burden of the cost of the test. I am not yet in a position to share what that will look like in the spring for students that have medical or religious exceptions. So I don't know where the cost uh, burden will be, but in a future meeting, I should be able to roll that out and we'll be, re- be rolling that out through communication channels uh, to, to students. And so again, that's the biggest uh, shift that we have seen uh, from the last time that I spoke to this group. Um, I will say a couple of other uh, quick updates. Um, In a couple of weeks, I'm gonna be rolling out communications on some grants that Leeward was just awarded. We're very proud of of some of the folks on campus that went through the exercise of submitting grants. Um, It adds up to a considerable amount of money. I'm getting all of the details together so that I could share with you. This is gonna be slightly different from how we have maybe not even communicated some of our successes. Um, But I wanna be able to share what the grants intentions are and how students will be part of that story. Um, We tend to go after these grants so that we could do something meaningful for the student experience. And I wanna be able to share with you how much money we're getting, what we're intending to do and how students will be able to benefit from all of these actions. Uh, That's a really nice success because Leeward was part of four major competitive uh, Department of Education grants, and we got all four of them. All great stuff. I'll share a little bit more in a future meeting. And then the last bit that I have by way of updates, and I don't know if this has rolled out already because I'm not in the student distribution lists, is we are going through a major website revamp. And as a result of that website revamp, students should be getting uh, surveys. Uh, To give us a little bit of insight and ask to your experience with our website, Uh, that's going to help inform where we move forward. I think that, you know, it's interesting because communication has pivoted significantly um, over over the years. Uh, The website still remains a, a major conduit of communication. So whenever we have anything to share with students, it's on our website, but often it's it's hidden, not, not, by, not by design. It's just three clicks away and it's difficult to get to. And so we wanna to get to learn more of your experience so that we could help inform in the development of this new website. We're very excited to go down this path. I think that for any of you that have discussed with me some of the actions or, or goals or visions that I had from the very beginning, the website was one of them and it took this long to get to this point. So I'm ecstatic about the the possibilities. Um, And so with that, if you've received the link, and I know that I've asked uh, for help uh, in the past with communicating, uh, we may want to get student government to help circulate that students should help inform the new website, uh, because that's really critical for us. Uh, Finally, because we did roll over into our fall enrollment, I just wanna celebrate the fact that we, we, shifted, we, we shifted the direction of our ship. So where, whereas we were in a continuous decline in enrollment, this semester we were able to move it up a little bit. So we are ahead from where we were last year. That's a major success. We wanna continue carrying that on and continuing supporting our communities and getting through with their educational goals. So with that, I'll take a breath and see if you have any comments or questions for me.
3: Thank you. I know we have, I think, two senators that have um, questions.
1: Chancellor Carlos, thanks so much for your time. It was great to um, learn more about what the changes are in the upcoming spring semester. I think the only question I had while you were talking was um, would there be, you know, those religious and medical exemptions with this vaccination rollout, which you did cover. So. Um, it seems like just for those listening that may be having to um, to uh, to deal with that, um, will they have to go about the same exact testing process? Is it, um, is it going to be the same the same ones that are associated that will um, be on the the Lumicide app and and whatnot, or is it going to be a different process entirely?
2: So so things can change. As of today, the process for the spring for those that have exemptions from the vaccination would be the same as of those that currently are not vaccinated. So they test and upload the test results into Lumicide. Uh, We will likely remain in some level of partnership with clinical labs or some other conduit for some of these tests. The only thing that I know is being considered right now is who bears the cost of that weekly test um uh and there may be additional options i mean the testing can become so much easier right here and i don't know if the the background will allow this but in my office i have a box with test kits right um these are for self-awareness these are not documented you know by the department of health or these can't even allow you to upload the results into site, but tests are becoming much more uh, widely available and so it's quite probable that it'll be easier for 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 folks to test um as of the spring semester but as of right now the process would probably be the same for those that have the exceptions
1: okay great thanks for the information um does anybody else before i change topics and i have um question does anybody else have any questions about the vaccination rollout here on the team okay um i wanted to know in general um because i know we talked a lot about before uh where student morale or concern was when it regarded Laulima and online learning at the moment. Um, are you still getting the same concerns from students um, that are maybe having struggles adapting? Are you getting less concerns? Are you getting new concerns? Um, so I'm just kind of wondering where that's at.
2: You know, my my barometer with this is a little bit distant. Um, I am not as directly involved. Where you know I get constant feedback from students. What I will share is that uh, during the early stages of the pandemic right into last semester, every now and then a student concern would creep up to my attention. I have not really heard much this semester. I don't know if folks have gotten complacent or we've gotten better, Uh, but but since it's part of your work around and what you want to see and get engaged in and see where we can go, I will connect with my with our interim dean of students um, as well as with our vice chancellor for academic affairs to see if there's anything that I can gather uh, that exists already as a barometer barometer for um, for how students are are doing with Laulima Lima and the online engagement. I I have not heard the horror stories that I heard heard previously, but um, that doesn't mean that they're not happening.
1: Sounds like it could be promising, though. So thank you for that information. Does anyone else have any questions for our chancellor?
2: I kind of had one. Um, so before we were talking about a student that, I was, that was having a concern with
3: meeting in person that she wasn't expecting. Oh, sorry. So I think we kind of know. Um, so until chance comes back. So the student, signed up for the course. It was supposed to be a Uh, a face-to-face. Sorry, Chance, you froze for a while. So I'm gonna summarize it real quick, okay? And then you can ask the actual question. So a student signed up for a course um, that it was supposed to be face-to-face, a lab, and then it changed to an online lab, but then now has face-to-face excursions in different parts of the island. Um, and then the student didn't expect that and and didn't sign up for a course like that. Now we don't know the full details of when that change happened, why, you know, why it couldn't be dropped. Again, maybe classes it got full. I mean, we're not quite sure. Um, but then and then chance, I guess, your actual question leading up or after that scenario.
2: Oh, yeah, i was I was talking about that, and then, um, how can we make it? So the, the commitment is like, more is like better outlined, so students know going into it um, what they're getting into just along those lines that that is a great question and and identified uh concern um i will say that we've had two semesters that have transitioned during quite awkward uh pandemic challenges and so our first fall semester we were so committed to coming back to some level of normal and then If any of you were here during the previous fall semester, you would have probably realized that well into two days before the semester and two days into the semester, we were still shifting a lot of courses back online. And so a lot of the language and expectations, we just didn't have the the prep time or the expectation to really clean up whether a student was gonna have some type of presence or not on campus or anything else, or even schedules. Uh, That was a nightmare. Um, This roll around for, say, this fall semester, I had asked uh, our our administrators and our division chairs to please put a little bit more face-to-face curriculum uh, because we do know that some students do need it. And what we were finding is that from a supply and demand standpoint, because of the surges with the pandemic again, many students wanted more of the online experience. And so, some of the classes, based on their enrollment, or just sheer fear for the, the, you know, the, the days where we were over a thousand cases, shifted online. In the few instances where that happened, communication could be clearer. And so that you know, I do something that we call secret shopping, which is that I go online onto the website, I go online into like the registration process. And I try to go in and there are certain instances that I've already begun communicating. This is an ongoing process with our administration for for, um, phrases that are a little bit uh, difficult to understand. For instance, having an online asynchronous course with meetings on Wednesdays from three to four, right? And so the asynchronous and the meeting at a specific time conflict, Uh, having an online course with specific requirements that are face-to-face, do conflict, and that's an evolution for us. Uh, Leeward had always had a strong online presence, but not all of our faculty engaged in it. And so in that evolution process, we are uh, improving, so I'm seeing fewer and fewer of those instances where the information can be conflicting, but they still exist. And so to address that concern, I would say that now that you're bringing it up and if there's still instances where it's showing up, um, we need to clean up those expectations, ensure that faculty put in their syllabus and their announcements, the expectations for the course uh, well ahead and in the the very start of the semester uh, so that there aren't these um, conflicting expectations. Um, And so that's the best way of mitigating it. Um, I think that continuing to roll out Um, the the definitions of the types of courses that we are offering, because that was also pretty um, complex. I would say that to an incoming student, an online class is an online class is an online class, right? And in some instances, I hear some students saying, gee, I love the asynchronous online class, but I also love having them live in Zoom, right? Um, and, And then I have the instances where Um, you know, the students want to be totally asynchronous and not have to connect at any specific time. Those definitions are still being cleared up so that a faculty member is more effectively communicating their expectations. Um, And that is the, the best way of addressing it. But if there are concerns where a student's like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for, you know, having to travel and do something. That's something to address directly with that faculty member. And what I appreciate about something that student government engaged in last year is coming up with a communication channel where you as a student can go to your instructor and try to resolve any any issues. And if that doesn't get resolved, you go on to the next level and next level to try to address them. I find that often when you come bring it up to your instructor's attention, it's resolved, uh, but there may be some instances where it isn't. And we have that process in place where you can uh, continue addressing those issues. So, in a very uh, long-winded way, I basically said that the best way of addressing it is continuing to uh, clarify roles and expectations. And so, as we continue to, pro- to to move in time, it should get better and better. And so, I hope that that one student that you that that, that may have expressed that they're in an online class, but it had these I don't know field trip expectations. Um, that that's something that's communicated earlier in the semester, so it it doesn't spring up as a surprise later on, or that at the time when you're registering in STAR, that there is a comment that basically says that this is an asynchronous course. However, there are two instances where you're meeting and that should clear up uh, the air. And so if you go through your registration process in STAR, you probably identify some of those comments already. And that's because some of these faculties have identified that they needed to do that because otherwise students were being um, you know confused or or the expectations were just uh, not clear. Kind of
1: um, makes me think a little bit about, you know, I, mean, I don't know how all the processing works in general, but we've been talking a lot about our next podcast and something we want to address with um, our classmates being the um, participation verification. And so it seems like, you know, there's a lot of seriousness taken to participation verification. So, you know, if the same seriousness could be taken towards making sure the student knows what's going on in their class, then that'd be probably, you know, a recipe for success as well. So it's good that um it's coming up for sure. So thanks for talking about it, Chancellor Carlos. Appreciate it.
3: Okay, is that everyone? All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so caught up with all this information. Mahalo Chancellor
0: Penalosa, for all the updates. Mahalo to everyone that listened or watched this Gain Knowledge Build Relationships episode. I hope you were able to catch up all the updates that have happened within the month of October and possibly beyond. As mentioned, updates are constantly coming in, so please stay tuned for more next month. Don't forget to stay connected with my friends at Liber CC Student Government by following them on Instagram at LibertSG and their YouTube page, SG. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to continue listening for more stories, continue to be on the lookout for the Liber CC Student Life Podcast and find the Gain Knowledge About Relationship Series and episodes. Remember to stay safe, stay connected, and keep gaining knowledge. This is Ulu signing off. Oh, who